Hello and welcome back to Tracks. This is episode 63, part 2. I'm still Tim. And I am still Harry. And as you will already know by this stage, uh, we had a lot to say about this year's Glastonbury. So much that it couldn't fit into one episode. You've made it to Friday night and we're having a lovely old time. But there's still more to hear. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, the big ones. The big ones. The big guns the are big, coming out. The big nuns. <laughs> there were big They're nuns everywhere. <laughs> yeah. All of the big things happened on Saturday and Sunday, I think. Thinking about it now, I'm not really sure. But who knows? <laughs> it it probably does. Um, but you know what you're listening to. We might as well just get straight into it. Yeah. See you on the flip side. Shall we begin? So, Saturday morning, yeah. was it the day that Whitney played Saturday? Yeah, it was, and that was a real, um, you know, you always try and leave Glastonbury with no regrets, but missing Whitney, they were on, the, I think, 12 o'clock on the other stage, which is obviously right next to our tent as well, and I do remember kind of uh, coming round to consciousness on my deflated airbed and hearing the opening notes of their set and just thinking... It's a physical impossibility that I make it to the other stage right now, but I yeah. really wish I was there because we both barely, we barely even said a word to each other. We were just like, <clears throat> "Is this Whitney?" And we were like, "Yeah," <laughs> and then we just stayed, kind of sleeping. I liked that about most of our mornings. Though I would just say one thing to you and be like, "Hey," yeah, you're like, "Yeah," <laughs> the one night, and I'd be like, "Turn your alarm off." <laughs> that was Monday morning. Wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> but every morning I was just like, "All oh, right." <laughs> like just knowing you were there is like okay I'm done. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then it was so we didn't really do anything until we decided about I think about two o'clock. Let's go and see our queens yeah. of music. I had one of my uh, like quintessential festival mornings. I think the most because I was kind it's of a phantom morning. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but also, I misjudged it because last year I realised when I went to get this particular Fanta. Again, regular listeners, you'll know my thing to do at a morning of Glastonbury is to wander down to a little burger van and get a nice ice cold Fanta and then come back and sit on a camping chair. Um, and last year I successfully did that every single morning while it wasn't too mad down at the other stage. The one and only time I tried to was Saturday morning and I had my little flip-flops on. Well, not flip-flops, pool siders. Stormzy flip-flops. Sliders. Adidas, Adidas. Um, Shut up. (laughs) But, like, I went down there in, like, Man United football shorts, like a T-shirt which had a drink spilt down from the night before. Classic, Tim. And pool sliders. And I got there and realised it was way too late for that and, like, there was thousands and thousands of people down there watching a band and I was just kind of stood in this queue just like uh, feeling absolutely ridiculous but then got back and thought right I'm gonna crack open a strongbow dart fruit have a breakfast bar and get ready for the day so that breakfast bar and probably as became apparent a banana and an apple (laughs) I did have an apple and a banana like every morning well done yeah I actually had one of your apples on the last day yeah. I think you, that was it. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's a very quick comment. 
you left on like the Sunday night or something and I just said Tim have you got any food left and you were like yeah help yourself and I was like boom you got apples bananas bags of rice <laughs> lovely stuff get straight into them Harry uh, yeah so yeah it was so um, I, had a, I had a proper drinky breakfast so we went for our first band at about what two three o'clock. two o'clock three o'clock two o'clock while Thundercat was playing yeah and I was already quite pissed yeah <laughs> in fact I was absolutely pissed I remember I mean I think there. I was pissed the whole week so yeah but um yeah we went to see our girls not our girl but our girls but also a bit our girl a little, little bit of, of our girl. girl yeah but um our yeah our big our big moon yeah there there are the upon our the our horizon eye. that is us they are the moon Looming moon of the big time. But we went to see the big moon. <laughs> yeah, we at did. Williams Green, and uh, they fucking killed it again. Yeah, the same. It was funny actually, wasn't it? Because it was the same venue we saw them at last year. Yeah. Um, and when we first got there, I was tinged with a little bit of disappointment because we'd just seen them at the Great Escape, absolutely smash it like beyond belief to a really rowdy. Uh, Super excited crowd, which incidentally is actually, uh, you can f- see in their new video for Cupid. It's a lot of footage from that gig that mm. I am talking about. Um, but we got there and it was essentially, the, at the start, it was essentially the same size crowd as last year. And I thought, oh, I thought they were going to really pack this out. Um, but not only did as it got closer to them starting it really fill up, but it filled up with people who, like us, know every single word to every single song and were completely engaged with it. And they smashed it. I bloody loved it. Yeah. Um, it feels like kind of a thing that needs to happen every time we go to Grassley now. As yeah. long as they're playing, you must see them. Yeah. And I will also <laughs> now be annoyed if it's not Williams Green as well because that ju- it just feels yeah, part of the tradition. And if although if they make it to the pyramid, we'll be very happy for you. Oh although yeah, we will want to see you at the Williams Green as well. Yeah. Um, and also, I'll be annoyed if the lead singer doesn't wear something shiny silver. Last year it was a oh, big yeah. cape. This year it was like a sort of metal bowl hat. It was on a colander. Colander. It was a colander and some <laughs> space. <laughs> I didn't really know what. I really enjoyed it, but it was a strange metal hat with like a string under her chin. Yeah, I mean, it was 100% a colander. Um, she was straining past her out of her head. Yeah. But it was lovely to see. They were brilliant. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We, there's no need for us to really eulogise about how great the Big Moon are on this podcast yeah. any further because everyone knows we adore them. Um, so I don't know what happened with you, but I know that the next stage... Well, did you go and see anybody straight after that? Straight after that, we moseyed back up along the walk from Williams Green towards the other stage, and you guys stopped off at Leftfield to go and see... Was that then? The one and only, the absolutely unbelievable headlining Glastonbury, one little man... Jeremy Corbyn, you guys went to sit down and listen to his talk. We did. Meanwhile, I um, I had family business to attend to, so I was off to uh, the other stage with Hannah to watch. What I'm going to say was the most the the set I saw with most crowd in anticipation of the entire weekend. 
I went to see Kaiser Chiefs play and they just captured that crowd, picked them up, <coughs> threw them, and like it was just non stop sing alongs, feel good to be factor. Fair, you kept saying that every time we went to a place, you'd be like, this crowd uh, doesn't have as many people as uh, this band did. Uh, it was only the other stage. Because literally for the rest of the weekend, I didn't see anything. Liam Gallagher packed out the other stage more than the Kaiser Chiefs, but no one else did. Yeah. Um, and actually, ironically enough, you went to go and see Jeremy Corbyn, but I actually saw the stream back of his speech on the Pyramid stage and you didn't, so. Why is that better? I just like them apples, because that was the really monumental moment. Yeah, but I got to see him in real life. I've seen him in real life before. <laughs> I got to I got to be there while yeah. people cheered, and it was very yeah. anyway. Whatever, it was good. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was then onwards to go and check out a bit of Liam Gallagher, and this is so. There are two moments I want to talk about. Um, this is when I got in a strop. Yeah, well, this is what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> is I've talked to so many people that have been to Glastonbury now that year, this year even. And everybody had the same thing. I spoke to Harry at work and he said, at one point he said, oh, and then we just did the classic Glastonbury thing where you're with a group and then you got to stand and wait for everybody to turn up and then you lose somebody and then you got to call them. And I was like, I'm so glad you said that because yeah. I thought it was just us. But no, anyone who goes in a group of more than two people yeah. does the classic thing where you turn around, they've gone. Or you have to meet up with somebody at a certain point Phones aren't working, yep. things aren't going through. Because I have to say, there were at least Saturday, no, Friday and Saturday, my phone was a fucking block of shit. It didn't do anything. <laughs> it Nothing was coming through. I had to send everything as a text message. I had no internet. Like, nothing worked. I had a great charger. I was keeping it nice and pumped up with energy, but it wasn't doing anything for yeah. me. It was a fucking expensive camera is what it, all, all this was. Um, <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, we just did the classic thing of we'll meet at this bit, then somebody says something else and you move away and then that person goes there and then you're not there anymore and then it's just like, yeah. it's just a big mess. A yeah. lot of the days are full of just trying to find people. Yeah. I mean, I mean when, you, when you've when got 170,000 people in a place, yeah, it's going to be quite yeah. difficult. But I think that was the only time it was a real problem. But I, so, I mean, a long story short, me and Hannah tried to meet people somewhere and then... Uh, Hannah stayed to try and meet Jack and then I went and tried to meet you and then where you were then you weren't there and I was trying to phone you and then I sent a really stroppy message to the <laughs> group chat I was like of course uh, I th well did I I said something like like trying to be calm at the beginning like um alright guys can someone um I don't know where you all are but can someone pick up their phone? Like, yeah. all in caps. Because <laughs> uh, I've been trying to phone you all for, I like, think ten Kaz minutes. I think said at the time, like, oh, he's using all caps. Yeah, yeah someone said in the group, like, oh, I'll see him when his cap sucks. <laughs> but I was just, like, I was just wandering around in circle. I was circling this ice cream van and just getting banged into by Liam Gallagher fans everywhere I turned. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then I wanted to go to the toilet and then there was a police cordon because something had happened. So I had yeah. to walk like 10 minutes round to a toilet while I was about to wet myself and I was just in such a strop yeah. that like, by the time I finally found you, I just sat there. I was like... Equal Tim had a whistle strop. I did. I really did. Um, and I, I, it, I felt bad because no one needs someone else having a strop to ruin their Glastonbury. But, but it was kind of fixed by Don't Look Back in Anger. From uh, Liam. Was it? I thought it was a lovely moment. 
it was a moment maybe lost on you because you're in a fucking no because I, I by the time <laughs> no but at the very beginning of Liam's set I was in a proper strop but by the time for one I'd had like two beers to like calm myself down but also it a bit of time had passed so I'd kind of I'd chilled I was alright again I'd found my friends I was happy okay. um I just thought the fact that he just played it just him and just a, a pair of maracas was yeah. <laughs> just like rubbish he did, his voice didn't well, sound I think good what he was trying to do was just get the crowd singing it which was but what maybe uh, yeah, maybe he wasn't allowed to play but maybe we the... weren't quite in the thick of it enough where we were it was on the basically all i could hear was myself singing it <laughs> it was like i don't want to i can do that you in my stop bedroom and just listen no, I did. I think I did do that, and then I was like, Still heard I can't really hear much. Madness. I thought it was. I thought it was a nice moment. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. I think it was the biggest. Uh, maybe the only time that was sung, actually, apart from earlier in the week on the Thursday. But I thought that was nice. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it was awful. I'm just saying, for me, it was just a very nice to be stuck in there moment. Over to you. Okay, well that's fair enough, Tim. You can have your mate. Um, <laughs> I've cheered up now, though. So okay, so then uh, I think we might have grabbed a few drinks and walked to the avalanches. Can I? Can I just say actually, because there, in the midst of all that, there is a moment which uh, I watched on TV this week, uh, which I'm genuinely really, really gutted that I missed, and it it was one of those. It's an unfortunate fact of Glastonbury that clashes happen and there are things you just won't miss to see something else. But um, between Liam and Kaiser Chiefs over on the John Peel stage, Loyal Karner played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched his set this week and there's a bit right at the end where he brings his mum out on stage and it's just so beautiful. And his entire set was brilliant. Yeah, I saw it as well. It was... And... I wish I did. Yeah, although given the circumstances, we couldn't really have been in us. You wanted to see Corbin, I wanted to see Chiefs. There was all sorts of other stuff going on. That looks so good. So shout out to Just Like the Big Moon, uh, absolute hero of Tracks Show for killing it at Glastonbury this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Loyal really did an incredible job up there. In Delio. Um, <clears throat> so as I say, grab some drinks, go to West Holtz where we had. Uh, the avalanches play for us. Just us, in a level circle. Yes. Um, here is where I had a lovely hot dog called... Uh, something Kanye. Oh, God, what was it? Oh, chili con Kanye. Yeah. It was lovely. And Could- I had a whole lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why Saturday pre- proceeded to be a wonderful, wonderful evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Um- I mean, it'll be exciting to see how far we get into this one because, as I say, listeners... Less memorable. Brackets, mum. Uh, I wasn't having any lemons at all, I honestly promise you. Uh, but I wasn't in a 
particularly lucid state. Uh, <laughs> we can say that much. Sometimes lemons aren't for everybody. They're like a tomato instead. Uh, yeah. Um, but it was one of... Or a mushroom. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> um, I like the long delay you had for the punchline to that. Yeah, I was thinking, what can I say? Um, <gasps> I know! <laughs> the truth! Uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, What I was going to say is sometimes, whether it's at a festival or otherwise, um, when you're on your way to a gig and or a show and you're really excited to see the act, that is kind of, in some ways, the best bit of the whole moment. And Mm. I was walking down to see Avalanches and just singing Frankie Sinatra over and over again. We were just so excited just for it to, the toilet. We were just so excited for it to happen. We were just walking down like Ah Frankie Sinatra. Ah Frank Sinatra. Like it was it was really one of those moments where it was kind of building up and building up and building up. And um I can't pretend to remember a huge amount of Avalanche's set. But what I do remember I really liked. And I liked the fact that the Avalanche's baseball bat made an appearance. That's one of my uh, favourite things that they've done this year. Just I like the fact that all the guest vocalists seem to sort of hand around this baseball bat and while they're singing just sort of swing it. And it in some ways looks really (laughs) overly aggressive and unnecessary. But also, it's just quite a cool look, and um, had like brilliant visuals at the back of the West Holes, and it was a lovely, a lovely little atmosphere. I bought you a little present, and we had a lovely little time. You still got it on. Maccabee's badge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, it was a great vibe. Was that just me, you, and Kaz at that point? Uh, Shiv as well. And Shiv. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you uh, and then it was I think we had a bit of a moment where we didn't know what we were doing and then we went and grabbed some more drink came back and it was another highlight of the festival for me uh, Solange or Solange or Solange, Solange. Uh, played kind of Close enough to a headline slot, I uh, was at half eight or something, at West Holtz. So she was the headliner we of West Holtz that night, wasn't she? No, there was somebody that was half eight, so there would have been a ten or half ten kind of oh, slot okay. as well. Um, so Solange was really incredible, and it was at my uh, strong lemon moment um, that things were kind of happening, <laughs> and I noticed how. St- Stunning, the like set was and the choreography of that show and it was just down to a T like perfect and there was you were like rabbit you were having a right little catch up with Shiv that maybe, maybe you hadn't talked to her much that day and you were just like going over some old no, times and I was, I was just, just like Tim you I was I remember there being a moment when you were just talking for ages and I was just watching the like screen and watching the thing I was like Tim, you're missing one of the most beautiful things in the world. <laughs> Can you just have a look, please? <laughs> and like, she yeah. she did this thing where she like on each beat, I can't remember the song, but like they were like smack like bowing their heads and like throwing their hair around and stuff. And like it was just like this really empowering moment. And I remember being quite 
fuck it. I was quite high at the point, and I was. I remember looking around and just seeing like, just really prominently noticing girls like dancing and really singing along and stuff. And I just thought, um, like, she is like a phenomenal figure to kind of women. Yeah, I think. And I thought it was just so important that she was up there doing her thing and like basically headlining almost at a stage like that. Yeah. And I just thought it was wonderful and she she just did such a good job. Really, really. I mean, I wish I remembered any of it. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said I did. But I, I, knowing her as an artist, that absolutely rings true that, um, like you said, just a force of nature and a really, um, kind of vital presence within the the sort of music industry but also just kind of the world at this moment I think she does empower a lot of people um, very 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 powerful like yeah. stage presence like I said I was just chatting away in the middle of it all you know <laughs> just having a bloody chat with I <laughs> having a nice little chat yeah um, yeah and there was this moment as well she came down and like sang to um, people in the crowd and stuff and they were like back and forth with them as well and it was wonderful and they like the the seriousness of her band as well like it was it was lots of like men with just like trousers on holding brass instruments just, just like staring trousers off. on yeah with just trousers like just like kind of topless men <laughs> just looking out into the distance with like trombones and shit <laughs> and just being like really stern and like just just staring out not moving until they had to play their part and it just looked like this, this like really serious and meaningful like show, and it was great. I absolutely loved it, and well done, Solange, for absolutely killing Glastonbury. Well done, lovely. So then it was uh, us in a field, just kind of talking to each other for a bit while we kind of gathered our thoughts and thought, what we're going to do next. It, it, that is um, one of the sort of funny, sort of in in the whole haze of many things. That is one of the funny moments i remember i was just kind of we were forming a stood, circle we were stood in a little circle having a conversation um and for a lot for most of it it felt to me like we were just stood there talking yeah and then i sort of looked around and i realized we're all just sort of bouncing up and down <laughs> we were all like moving yeah. there were dancing times. to no music just like there are was we all? a bit of music i think but we I, there were times when i noticed <laughs> Just we we were talking and they'd be like we're all really moving around <laughs> like we're all having quite a like serious conversation but we're all kind of like throwing our arms around in the air <laughs> it was just really like surreal surreal situation yeah, yeah but it was it was what I really liked was that moment of realization from going from we are absolutely still right now and very serious human beings to just actually just dancing on our own just like. I wish you could see us right now. So this what are we gonna do? Because we're recreating it. Just yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. Um, we were trying to get, trying to kind of just see what we were gonna do next. We knew we were gonna go and see yeah. Alt J headline at the other stage. Yes. Uh, Shiv was waiting for Jack and Hannah to go and see the uh, Jacksons, and Kaz came with us. Anyway, long story short, we ended up at Alt J. Uh, firstly, just you and me. Uh, first song kind of came up. Uh, I think it was WW3, World War 3, World War 3, I like to call it. Um, flare goes off in the air. Yeah, man I've got, I've got loads of really good pictures of the flare. Do you remember the f- bit of fire falling down on a yeah. girl's hair and a guy no. like s- like grabbing yeah. into her terrifying. head? Terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, and then 
Cass gave us a text. We kind of wandered back a bit. Yeah. Lemon started to kick and into that, him. That was one of those funny moments as well, like where I was a, I was a bit out of it, and I was like, I don't know if I thought like. I had x-ray vision or what, but I remember really peering through the crowd and being to you like, I'm going to see her. <laughs> I'm going to see her. She was <laughs> yeah. We did find her. Somewhere. But I remember just we, being like glaring. We did like, what everybody knows to do at Glastonbury. You find a flag. Yeah, always find a flag. Flags, although I wouldn't like to take one to Glastonbury, very useful if you're yeah. trying to find somebody. Uh, so we found Kaz and we kind of started listening. They played an absolutely phenomenal set. The light show was incredible. Like, I just sure remember thinking like four rows yeah. of sort of dangly lights and, the and sort ones of lights coming were from the ground down as well. Them, yeah, and there were there was three of them, so they were all in like in their own little part, yeah. divided into three, and the lights were phenomenal. And like they were playing hit after hit, and I remember saying, "I just can't wait till Taro comes on." Yeah, and like then they played uh, Fitz Pleasure, and I remember being like really like heavily gone at this stage and I remember turning to some people and I remember thinking fuck me Alt-J have some like really grungy filthy dirty songs (laughs) like just not the one I'm going to talk about specifically in terms of lyrics but um, also loads of their songs are just really filled with like sexual deviancy that maybe you don't realise until you kind of maybe see a live show and really kind of get in amongst it um, I mean, but I didn't Fitz Pleasure came down he's just a massive pervert I'm not a pervert <laughs> I just I absolutely just realised holy shit they're very like especially yeah like, I know it. I do know what you're saying um, it was certainly... kind of a filthy set but in like, this really good way um, so Fitz, Fitz Pleasure comes on and um, I found out a while ago that the song is kind of a take on I think uh, something from a book or a film called Leon I think I could be completely wrong but anyway there's a moment when and I don't even feel comfortable talking about it but it's it's from literature I believe um, that <laughs> so it's fine to talk about um, so the the lyric is uh, broom fits pleasure in, guilt, no, uh, in your snatch fits oh my god sits, uh, fits a broom shaped pleasure and it was about like this woman in C-O-M-M-O like the common whatever I think it was in Southampton or something I can't remember I, know I am going anything all you're saying over right the all the place anyway it was about like a woman who was raped have by a broom have you had some lemons? <laughs> I haven't had any lemons today mate uh, it was about like a woman who was raped by like a I think it was kids who had a broom or something. Jesus Christ. And that's why this lyric what? is really... Yeah, this is this is the horrible thing about this. And people are singing it all over the shop. And I don't think they really have a clue, like, what the meaning is. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I did. And I remember seeing a guy next to me who did know what it meant. And he was really getting into it in a really weird way. And I remember this feeling of, like, I feel quite... Um, What's the word? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, so, like, I'm scared. <laughs> just listening to I, this d- story. It did. And I just, I, it was just a really like dark, it felt like a really dark place to be. But the I, gig was incredible. Well, I mean. I'm just telling you lyrical content <laughs> and the fact that that song's probably been on the radio. I'm shell-shocked at this stage. Just at everything that has 
previously could. What I'll tell you, listeners, is that they sounded really good. They sang like that. Did we take and the piss a bit sometimes? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Of course we did. Yeah. And the lights were great and they were great and it was really, really atmospheric. It reminded me a lot of um, Disclosure last year in that, again, they kind of made the other stage feel really huge and really expansive and this kind of really, um, yeah. I don't know, just vast array of sort of energy um it was brilliant and really, i'm really, really glad that because i've never seen them before i had a chance to see them in brixton a while back and i i can't remember if i didn't see them in the end yeah and when taro played it was one of the it's like um i don't know if you've ever seen or you have favorite bands and stuff that you haven't seen live yet and you have certain songs that you really want to hear live yeah and I didn't know it at the time, but that is one that I've always wanted to hear live, and I have now, and it was probably one of the highlights. Yeah. It was stunning. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And from there, we moved on to what has again become one of our um, traditions of Glastonbury, and it's one that I'm proud to say that I feel I have brought to the table. Every year so far that I've been... I don't know what this is, but I can't wait to hear it. We no, we go and see Eddie Pillar. Okay, we go and yeah, we, we go and sit to after uh, a lot of confusion. Yeah, I mean there was confusion in the middle, but no one needs to hear about it. But eventually, <laughs> we ended up at Williams Green, and first we went to the Deptford Northern Soul Club, and then we went to Eddie Pillar's Soul Sessions. Both essentially the same kind of thing. Northern Soul, absolutely brilliant. I, I was just loving. Do you remember every- it being a lot quieter last time we went? Last year, I believe. Well, it, I think he made comments about like um, the no pro- one being there and stuff. The problem last year was I dragged everyone down there, and I remember like trying to dance to Northern Soul music, where obviously you need your legs to flail about a bit, and like your wellies just getting stuck in puddles and having to like yeah, yeah. drag them out. And it was like it was literally it wasn't at Williams Green last year; it was somewhere else. It was at Williams Green. Was it? Yeah. Okay, well, it was just so wet that I can barely even recollect the two places being the same place. Mm. But, like, we went down to it, and I thought then that the music was brilliant last year, but um, you just couldn't enjoy that kind of music in those conditions. So there was basically no one there, whereas this year it was, you know, nice and full. Um, for people who don't know Eddie Pillar, he's not only just kind of a legend of that kind of music, but he... Uh, he runs Acid Jazz Records. He's got a podcast called The Modcast, which is brilliant. He's just kind of the man, the go-to guy for like mod Northern Soul kind of music. And I love the fact that at Glastonbury, there's so much going on that you can go and get like completely different vibes from different places. And it's that you don't get much yeah. kind of soul music there. That night we wanted that kind of thing. Yeah, didn't we? you just we really didn't wanted didn't want to, to dance. Hear some bumpy yeah. stuff. Yeah. We wanted something nice and melodic and good and fun. Yeah. And he absolutely delivers it. He's brilliant. He's one of the best DJs going. And uh, yeah, I, uh, another thing that I feel like that for me, every time I go to Glastonbury, I'm just going to want to go and see Eddie Pillar play. Um, and we were there till I think three. So we were there. Deptford started at 11. So we were potentially four hours of soul music. But we were there till it ended, which was yeah, the, yeah. Um, And brilliant. Yeah. For me, just killed it. Yeah. And uh, that was near enough the end that we did kind of, there was a few stuff going on. There's yeah. a bit of a I did. At some I mean, point, I'm going to shout out because it, it still makes me giggle now. Um, a text I sent you 
a bit a bit later in the night. And I'm gonna pull it up now, listeners. What time was it? I know it's actually that that was when we got there. Yeah, it was in the yeah it was before. So because we got there before you. Um. So. It starts. We're here now at Williams Green. That's Harry. We'll be there shortly. Hang on. Kissy emoji face to Harry. Where shall we meet you, says Harry. Williams Green, I say. I'm at Williams Green, says Harry. I'm at the door. Four love heart emojis. (laughs) (laughs) Harry says, we're at the door. At the entrance, question mark. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Where? Me. Which entrance? entrance, Entrance spelt with an R at the end instead of an E. Are you at? Three question marks. Harry Williams Green. (laughs) 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 And then this is where this is one of my favourite things. I say I'm sat on the table opposite the big old totem pole bar thing. Come find me, you sexy mummy. that's it that's the end you did come find me you sexy mummy I did I walked straight out and yeah. then you came at me like a little golem like <laughs> running at me yeah and um, then the next text is tomorrow afternoon so yeah you sexy mummy I do remember that vividly <laughs> it was funny I had no recollection until I think it was Monday yeah I was texting you and I was like oh my god I sent you this brilliant I remember there being a point just before we'd gone in, that me, Elliot, and Molly were standing out, uh, sitting outside, and me, we were laying on the floor like this dusty, grassy, lovely floor, and just that that area, you know, where it's got those totem poley like uh, covers and like the bars around the outside, and I remember it was probably the most like um, tranquil moment, even though there was music going on and stuff. It was the like calmest I'd felt the whole week, <laughs> and I just felt like this is it. I love it. Yeah. And I, we were talking about what Glastonbury means to people and stuff like that, and we were just—I was just looking around and seeing random people just running around and like jumping and dancing and just laughing and stuff. And I just thought, this is what it's all about. Oh, it's beautiful. It was a wonderful time. Yeah. So uh, we pretty much wrapped up that night there. I know that uh, after Eddie Pillow had wrapped, there was like a little bit of a lull. And then walked about a bit. Walked about a bit, and actually, maybe, maybe I'll take now this moment to shout out one of our new Glastonbury companions this year. Last year, as you'll all know, it was me, Jack, Harry, Hannah. That was the four. This year, we had two new additions, and as you know, Harry, I'm someone who likes to stay out late. I'm generally very often the last man standing, to my detriment often. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> you don't know when to quit, quit mate. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> true. But uh, I had a kindred spirit there this year. And for me, it was one of my favourite things about the whole thing. Kaz joined our gang and very much on the same page when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, improved my Glastonbury experience exponentially just purely by being there shout out Kaz what a wonderful companion and this was one of the nights where 
Um, everyone else had kind of wrapped up and was ready to go home to bed. And we went and found a little pile of speakers in the corner <laughs> a of a shitty field. Home <laughs> where just... Blurting out like... Just bad music surrounded by strange people, but you're just somehow in the middle of a field, in the middle of Glastonbury at four o'clock on a Saturday night, just dancing away and thinking like, you haven't got a care in the world. Mm. And it was nice to have someone to come along with me. So so was that, I'm sorry, was that Saturday? Yeah, that was Saturday night? after Eddie Pillar. So we walked down through Arcadia. And we, oh, we went all the way up to the top. Yeah, yeah, and, and then we went walked, back down, yeah. We chased music, basically. Yeah. That yeah. We heard Literally just chasing distance. any music right, that was playing. Let's go and find yeah. that. Yep, that's true. That happened. Yeah, yeah. and mm. we stayed there till yeah. about seven o'clock. Yeah, until there was a, there was one of those real uh, moments of realization where you sort of wake up from the haze and you look around and you think, "What am I doing?" Yeah. Like, and I'm going back to the tent now. Thank um, you, Kaz, for looking after Tim. It went both ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was where. Uh, Saturday night ended and I'm going to end it with a little um, selection of a song because I think one of the things that really woke me up while we were in that corner was they they were playing like a lot of dance music and then they started to play like cheesy music and I remember them playing Abba Mamma Mia and just being like right I'm done yeah it did get really chill because I remember listening for a bit yeah and like it was thumpy for a bit and then it got way like yeah, like Barbie girl and like yeah, yeah. Just I was of... enjoying some of that, yeah. and that, yeah. But when Mamma Mia came on, I was done. So we're gonna play a little bit of that, and then we're gonna go into our final day Sunday. Cool. From there, obviously, we went in Sunday morning. And Sunday morning. Yeah, that. And <laughs> do you know I planned for like three days to play that on Sunday morning, and I didn't. God's sake. <laughs> and I don't. Well, I sort of do know about you. I was going to say I don't know about you, but I. About you? I woke up feeling a bit grisly. I was an and, absolute grizzly bear. And the the reason I know I actually do know about you is because I woke up about twelve o'clock thinking that I was going to be the last one up and absolutely categorically was not. I was the only one up. No one was anywhere to be seen. There was just sort of desolation out in the middle of our tents and I could hear snoring from all angles, like literal snoring just coming out of every tent. This is a complete... I was confused when you said this because there were, I think, two nights or two mornings I woke up expecting you to be outside with a Fanta but you had got up like <laughs> half an hour after me which yeah. very rarely happens yeah. in fact it's never happened no So, but Sunday, Sunday, Sunday was morning. the one where I was the early riser although not an early riser just a little bit earlier than everyone Basically, else you hadn't slept no I had I had a good three hours and I it's <laughs> not good and I woke up and I looked at the clock and it was 12 and mm. I had to make a sort of 
informed decision, which was Uh, one of the things that, as we alluded to earlier, I absolutely loved at last year's Glastonbury. I needed to decide whether to go and do it on Sunday morning. We'd already tried once to go and see the Smythes at Williams Green. Yeah. And on Sunday, they were opening up the stage by playing Queen is Dead from cover to cover the entire album. And I had been so excited for that all weekend that I just thought, I can't miss it. So I sort of stumbled out of the tent and again in that. Where was that? It was at Williams Green again. Fucking hell, that was our real spot this week, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I sort of stumbled out and I was not really feeling particularly well. Text Jack like, I don't know if you can be bothered to get up, but I'm going to go and see the Smythes. Um, Thanks for asking me. Really I knew nice you me. wouldn't get out of bed for the Smythes. I would love the Smythes. <laughs> I could literally hear you snoring. There was no <laughs> way I was waiting around for you. Um, but again, it was one of another one of the things I went down to on my own and another one of the things that was really beautiful to sort of experience in that isolated way. Yeah. Um, there was a moment where, in hindsight, does make me slightly wonder about how I looked while I was there. Because I was... I think maybe the third song or the fourth song was uh, The Boy With The Thorn In His Side, which is one of my absolute favourite Smith songs and a song that I always find very kind of enigmatic and emotional, regardless of what context I hear it in. I don't know what it is about it, but it just kind of triggers me. Um, but certainly on that morning when you're feeling a little bit vulnerable anyway, and it's, you know it's the last day at Glastonbury and you kind of, all these emotions are firing around anyway. I was feeling like a little bit sort of moved by it and some man very deliberately made a beeline for me from the other side of the tent and put his giant bear paw on my shoulder and he was like are you okay mate i think it reflected more on him that he wasn't okay because he didn't look okay he looked less okay than i felt but i don't know what i look like swaying around on my own to the boy with the thorn in his side but I went there and watched it and was very moved and what absolutely loved it. I said, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. And just kept dancing. Just flailing my arms around like I was Morrissey. Um, I think, I didn't, yeah, I was absolutely fine. Um, it was afterwards that I felt terrible and I had some awful noodles. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I went and watched that on my own and then I went and convened with uh, Jack, Hannah, Kaz and Shiv. Uh, I went and saw a bit of King Gizzard which Jack and Hannah had been watching all of King Gizzard were great but absolutely not what I wanted on a Sunday morning at all so intense so bouncy (laughs) everyone was just jumping all over the place and I was god it was they just everyone else's energy gave me a headache I went and sat down outside and yeah got myself some noodles which turned out to be basically a ramen because there was so much water in it and so much boiled chicken on top. I was like, oh, eight pounds for this shite. <laughs> Shitey um, chicken. Yeah. Uh, so, and the, yeah, we all convened essentially by the John Peel stage. That was the story of my Sunday morning. Okay. Meanwhile, Munville, uh, you were off elsewhere. I can't really remember what you were doing. I went to possibly one of the best things I saw in the week which was I basically waited around all morning had some drinks you lot disappeared so I kind of sat there 
did, did a little bit of googling just kind of gathered myself and then I went up to the park stage where I saw Lisa Hannigan and it was one of the most stunning performances I've ever seen anybody do ever she has a voice that will I really 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 wish other people had come I know you're all doing your own thing and you can't always it's a bit like the whole Kate Tempest thing sometimes like I'm sure you wanted people to hear that kind of thing but there were moments when I had like goosebumps because her voice is one of like the nicest sounds on planet earth <laughs> like quite genuinely a sensational sound and like she did this thing in a song called uh, Undertow and <clears throat> it's I kind of I'm gonna play it now probably underneath me speaking and you'll hear this nice little bit that she does and at the end of that song she says so and her fantastic Irish accent in oh. such a strange Irish accent it almost sounds like I don't know it just sounded weird but wonderful um, and she sang like this small part of the verse and this little melody backwards so she learned the whole thing completely backwards and it sounded like this like elven elvish kind of language and it was I was just like oh. and she only did it once and I wanted her to just sing it for the next six hours it was stunning that sounds like brilliant but tell you I can't quite imagine she just said do you know, oh, do you know so if, for has... a while I've been learning this little thing <laughs> <laughs> she said I've been learning this bit do you know uh, if her set's on Ivalo if it's on uh, I don't just, I hope just because is. like not only for me but oh, I imagine a lot of the listeners like that description of it it sounds really intriguing and really great but also I can't I quite, remember I can't filming, quite so imagine hopefully. what I will, exactly it is. What I'll do is, if I can, I will pop it in right now. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, then I just haven't been able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I definitely, if you really want to hear it, just go and see it live, because it, it was yeah. incredible. Um, but yeah, this is somebody that Annie showed me, and she, Annie never has seen her. And I, feel, I felt like a traitor a little bit, because I've only just been told about her, and I've now seen her. I, I do feel a little bit bad but only for a few seconds because I was just sat there on the field like a lot of people sitting down and like I just sat there with a beer and a, and a joint and I was just like watched it and then everyone started raising and then I got right at the front I was right at the run the, the run <laughs> I was the run of the pack I was the front uh, next to the bar and yeah it was a stunning performance and then it was straight down to well, I, sorry I, I think we should just make a mention at that point because I think it's the last mention it's going to get this whole weekend last year my absolute favourite place in the whole of the festival was the park stage and I didn't see a single thing did you not? not only did I not see a single act there I literally didn't even look at the stage with my eyes not even with someone not on it you're a fucking twat I just I just didn't see it and I well you didn't come and see Sanford did you? No, she should have. You didn't even talk about it either. So it shows how much you enjoyed it. Oh, is that Sunday? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dickhead. But yeah, no, I didn't see a single thing out there, and that is a a real bit of a regret. Um, I weirdly seem to avoid certain stages this year, like almost totally. I I saw one. Well, I think you camped outside of Williams Green. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, um, and uh, West, West, West Holtz. West Holtz, which are yeah. very close to each other. Yeah. Uh, I was in that neck of the woods a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw one thing on the pyramid and nothing on the park. Also, I don't know about you actually, but I didn't go up the Glastonbury Hill. I went up the Glastonbury Hill once. Did you? Yeah. When? On, on night. I can't remember which night. Mm. On a night. Of a night. Oh, I never got up there. I mean, I've done it twice now, so it's. I know what it's like. Yeah. And we were very close to the top when we went to the stone... Circle. Circle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> went off to the other stage to see Heim and recollect with everybody else and walked past you all laying there. I think Kaz and Shiv sleeping. Yeah, I've been a lot <laughs> Everyone really in, enjoyed a nap out in the public this time and I yeah. I really loved everyone for it. Like Everyone just seems so nice when they're asleep. Exactly. <laughs> so quiet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, without exception, every single one of us fell asleep somewhere in public or oh, yeah. at one point in the weekend. I do it every morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the way to work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we met up. And that did seem a particularly kind of low ebb energy moment uh, of the weekend. Just yeah. before Heim came on, everyone seemed like they might have already run their course. Yeah. Uh, but we were all about to get a second wind. And I think Kyan paid a big part in that. They in last really year, did. last year, in last week's preview episode, uh, I mentioned that they were one of the bands that I was really excited to see. And funnily enough, of the three people I picked in last week's episode, they're the only ones I actually did see. Uh, the other two I missed. I think I saw all of them that I talked about. I can't remember who you talked about. Neither can I. Lisa Hannigan, and. That's all I know. <laughs> but I think I saw them all. Yeah, I only saw Heim, but uh, they were great. They were exactly as uplifting as I thought they would be. They were so good. Um, they, they had so much energy. It was great watching them all perform. Yeah, they played all the songs I wanted to hear. Um, they, I mean, I know it's getting on a bit, but they played this incredible like drum solo. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say let's. I mean, everyone knows what you get from Heim. Let's skip over most of it because they were brilliant, everything you want them to be. But the end of right now, when, as people who have seen the video will know, they go into, like, a drum. Yeah, and I remember you saying, why is that drum in the middle? And I'm like, they're going to use it. Just just wait. Because you had, had obviously, the three sisters at the front, and you had a keyboard player off to the left and a drummer up top right, and then you had three drum kits at the back. Or like three like separate yeah. drums, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, "That's a lot of drums back there." And they just did for ages. They just didn't seem to be using it. I was like, I was I like don't... "Have you seen the video, Tim? Just wait." I had. And, and but then I so just... many times yeah. they kept walking backwards, and I was like, yeah. "Here we go, Tim." Yeah. And then they walk back and start yeah. singing again. Like, okay, no, not now. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, that 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 solo was absolutely. Brilliant. I don't even know even if you can call it a solo either, but I keep calling it a solo, yeah. but it was three of them. <laughs> and just the drummer a, yeah, at the same time. I suppose it was just a massive instrumental drum piece, like, and they were weird. so good. All like, they fucking were insanely yeah. good. There was something, like, weirdly tribal about it. It was Very kind of tribal.
Fudge up. Yeah. I Samford did a similar thing and I remember thinking this is really good, but fucking Heim really killed it. Yeah. It just the uh, I suppose the 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 very fact that there were so many of them all playing drums mm. at the same time. It just it and just, just so well. Like yeah, I was yeah. just so I know they're great and yeah. I've I've never I wouldn't think they would be bad. But I just remember thinking they are hitting everything exactly yeah. when it yeah. needs to be hit. And, and with real aggression. So yeah. And, like, oh. and of course, bass face. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. really, they're so, like, um, yeah. they show so, so much, much expression in their faces. In it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And they're, it's, they're a wonderful band to see. And I, I definitely can't yeah. wait to see them again. Uh, like, like I say, they... Everything... The new album, I think, next week as yeah. well. Yeah, seventh. It comes out. Yeah. Uh, everything... I had pre said last week that I really hoped they would be. They were. They really, I feel, genuinely, the rest of my Sunday night wouldn't have been as good if we hadn't had Haim at that moment. They just brought everything up and it was just like this amazing, amazing moment where, yeah. So thanks really to Haim for yeah. setting us up for a brilliant last up. night of Glastonbury. Yeah. You then waited, I believe, until Cortina's. Yeah, me and, and I went off. It was one of those funny things. Last year, um, at the campsite, we had a little thing of singing um, Tame Impala eventually, partly just because Jack didn't really like that song. So it was just kind of became our little camp song sing-along anthem. And for reasons I don't really understand, uh, from doing our very first run from the car to the campsite at this year's Glastonbury... We were singing like first album Cortina's songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it started. I don't know why it started, but me, you, and Jack were doing it pretty much all weekend. Just you know, nineteen forever all that kind of stuff. Uh, so when it came to that moment on That's Sunday, some real just like album tracks as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, we decided. We're going to stick around and watch the Cortinas, and I'm going to be honest, they played a lot of songs which weren't on the first album, which we didn't know, and just kind Shame. of stood there completely bemused at. But That was one of your ones you picked. What? Cortinas. You, you played a Cortinas no, track. No, I played that. That was in the City United. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was Fair weeks enough. ago. I take, I take um, it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was ages ago. <laughs> Uh, but they did play a few songs that we knew and they were such great sing-alongs that it kind of made the whole set worthwhile for us even. They played Bide Your Time, they played uh, What Took You So Long, they took, they played Not 19 Forever, uh, all those kind of things. And, you know, just like, they kind of, yeah, a bit testo testosterone fueled, a bit testosterone yeah, no, the sort of testosterone. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, testosterone fueled kind of. Yeah. Um, if you bide your time, that kind of stuff. Like it was kind of great for that, and it was funny looking around at. I, I love the fact that Glastonbury brings so many different kinds of people together, and looking around at the really, really laddie lads who so many of the things I saw over the weekend, they would have absolutely hated, but they were just in their element at the yeah. Cortinas, and God bless them. God bless the band, and God bless them. Uh, it was 
lovely to see, you know, their euphoria. Um, one of the funny things to happen afterwards online, I saw a video of a guy proposing to his girlfriend at the Cortinas at Glastonbury. And, In the crowd? Yeah. Okay. And we like saw the headline of it on the way home, me and Jack, and sort of joked that, oh God, I bet it was in one of those awful songs that we really hated. And then we watched the video and it was in the song that we both, at the time, were like, is this finished yet? This is the longest song ever <laughs> and it's awful. Like a new track. Or yeah. Something. Um, but that was the one that the man chose to propose to his wife. And so, again, bless them. Yeah. For having their own thing. Although, yeah. wow. I love that. Like I say, that is one of the things that Glastonbury is great for. It caters for absolutely everyone. Maybe the Cortina set wasn't completely for me, but I had moments in that that I absolutely loved. Um, so after that, I had a little break. And where were you? Uh, so I went to see Sampha at the park stage with Kaz and Shiv. <laughs> and all we honestly did, I think Shiv was hungry, so we got up there, sat down, and I don't think I got up for the next hour. <laughs> Shiv went and got some pasta. And me and Kaz just sat there, listened to a bit of Sampha. I've seen him now. Not that I've seen him, don't shoot him again. But I very much... I guess there's a weird thing. You've got to just gauge how you're feeling, right? And it's a long week. You've got to kind of bide your time, to make the right decisions. If you, you, you either... Bide your time. There's certain people you want to get in there for. There's certain people you might be okay hanging back a bit some people you might just want to lay down and kind of listen to and Sampha I was just like I'm, I just want to hear him and I'm happy to just kind of lay back on this wooden peg whatever it was and just listen to the set and it was great it was a fantastic set yeah and I think he could have I, I definitely think Sampha is a West Holt kind of guy um yeah. Absolutely. I think he might have served that a bit better a bit later on in the, the night um, personally but it was still a very good gig and I still do love the park stage but I do think that would have maybe been better for him um, but yeah that was that was it really I went to see something and it was great nice and then we I think went to the tent to get drink and then convene with some people yeah you waited at the top of West Holtz Whilst um, myself and Jack, we were at... Oh, that was it. So I think Hannah had gone to see Biffy Clyro, if I'm not mistaken. And Kaz went to see Moderat or Moderat, one of those. And me and Jack had gone to see Jaguar Mar. So while you were chilling out, we were in one of the most up uh, sets I saw all weekend. It was... A real unexpected treat for me, uh, Jaguar Mara. They're a band that I like and have enjoyed a number of tunes, but they made it like this real kind of early 90s feeling club atmosphere at West... Uh, not West... I keep on saying that, sorry. At uh, Williams Green. They really... Williams it was Green, just a con- like this brilliant like sort of constant electro beat and all these lights and like it was really packed in there and there was just this really... Uh, yeah, kind of club atmosphere. It it really did feel like that kind of hacienda vibe. Mm. Um, brilliant, and his he had the so much sort of distortion and reverb on his vocals. As all this like brilliant little bass lines were coming, in. it was 
it was a weird one because when you think you know a band quite well, you sort of think you know what to expect from their live set as well. It was the first time I'd seen Joe Guatemala and it was nothing that I expected from them whatsoever. And I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Um, and really interesting to see a band play songs from albums in a completely different way. When you, you know, you think to sort of someone like the XX's set, which for me, as I've already said, was one of my highlights of the weekend. But they played every song very authentically as it's recorded, generally speaking, mm. uh, apart from that dance interlude in the middle that we kind of talked about. But it was kind of a very faithful rendition of the songs that you know and love, whereas Jaguar Ma just took it all to these kind of really weird, exciting places. And it made for like an amazing hour of music that I just didn't see coming. And then, as you say, uh, we walked along. I bought a burger, which at the time felt like it was absolutely delicious, but in hindsight, I think maybe was one of the worst things I've ever eaten in my entire life. Boy. It was called Piggy Smalls. Again, the second rapper pun <laughs> uh, meal we had of the weekend. But do you not remember me showing By it By the way, you? can I just quickly say, you're talking about Piggy Smalls. This sausage thing I had couldn't have been explained better than in the last... Um, What's it called? The football show, football podcast we listened to. That uh, it's Atletico not about Atletico Mints. He says it was. Oh yeah, big, a, a big, big balloon <laughs> filled of like water. Yeah. Very similar to this. When yeah. he said that, I laughed so much because <laughs> the, the sausage thing I had was just a balloon filled with, I think, just mush. Yeah. Like I don't think there was any meat in there yeah. whatsoever. Whereas this, this was a very different affair. So I, yeah, a piggy smalls, and I ordered it, and he was like. You know, the patty itself, the burger patty, is made of bacon. It's very bacony. The patty's made of bacon? Oh, I yeah. mean, technically it's made of the meat. It's no, but it's pork. made of bacon. That's weird. Um, and I was like, do you know what? That sounds great. Uh, and I ordered a double of it. And apparently that was unprecedented. He shouted to the chef, he's made up that you can have a double, a double piggy smalls. And the chef was like, what? What? And like, you made it up. No, I didn't make it up. I was just like, I want a double. I'm starving. So it was two really thick bacon Did you patties. you read it off of something? No, you just a... said you wanted two. You wanted yeah, I wanted double. two. I, just, I was like, double it. <laughs> I want two of them. I'm starving. Um, so I had two of those. <laughs> and then it had bacon on top. <laughs> and then it just had like a, like, I swear, just one leaf of lettuce. And then like some sauce. Well, it's your fault for having eyes too big for your belly, mate. Yeah, but like I want to chip it, dip it. But then bacon. I, I remember coming and meeting you guys at the top of West Holtz and biting into it, and it felt so satisfying. But I, I feel like I can still taste it now, and it's just this awfully. Do you know what that horribly is? Horribly strong bacon flavour, the most strong bacon flavour you can imagine. I've just discovered what that is. It's the guilt that you're eating an animal, mate. No, it's not. It's just the fact that it tasted horrible. But I was too out of it to really comprehend how horrible it tasted. Um, well, but we had that. Stop eating meat. Well, I had that. You ate meat all weekend. You and, your, <laughs> you and your balloon of animal fat. To be fair, all the sausages and things I had. Actually, I never mentioned it, but I had these veggie sausage things oh, in beans. God. They were really good. Let's move on. There's no, we're so close to the end now. We don't need to talk about your stupid beans. <laughs> Uh, Justice. We went to see Justice. 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 Uh, Fucking brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Headline the Sunday night. 
So while Ed Sheeran was playing yeah. at the Pyramid, we saw Juicy's. And what I really loved about it was, um, for one, I just loved the fact that we, as a group of six, we went there together. And it was yeah. one of the first times for quite a long time in the weekend that we all went and saw something together. Um, and although as the set went on, we sort of dispersed a little bit, she went and had a sit down. Uh, first, Kaz descended into the crowd. She just disappeared. Yeah, because there were some fucking dickheads right in front of her. Like, is that, doing, where, is that why Kaz doing, left as well? Yeah, they were doing lunges. That's why I left. Yeah. Those bloody people who just wouldn't shut up. They were doing lunch. They were like holding their, like talking oh, throughout, throughout the whole thing. That dressed couple. As, I'm had not a sure silver was, jacket on. Yeah, I'm not sure if I was really like up in the clouds, but I swear they were dressed as aliens. Like one had a gold oh suit on, the other had silver. I'm not sure. But they were doing lunges and just like, yeah, just hold it. And then they would yeah, even swap worse their legs I, and I could that. cope and then with they would that. just talk. They would just, they would just did not stop talking the whole time. So it, I thought Kaz had just gone off because she was loving it so much. I thought that was where she had gone. She wanted to get away from dickheads. Oh. Well, now I realise that. But then it left me, you, Jack and Hannah. And I was just like, I have to go because I cannot be near these people anymore. So I just sort of fled off into the crowd as well. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I knew at that moment that they were distracting me from an absolute Glastonbury highlight, not just for this year, but for many years to come. Justice would, it was just brilliant. And it was justice brilliant. And, I, and as I say, afterwards when we reconvened, one of the brilliant things was to realise that everyone loved it. Yeah. Sort of everyone yeah. who broke apart, it was a real highlight for everyone. It was kind of, even people who aren't necessarily into the kind of dancing music. Yeah, one of my favourite bits is when they played the song Stress. Yeah. Because it's a fucking, like, really hard, like, it's a stressful track, like, it, yeah. it lives up, up to its name, and it's, and, like, I remember just looking around, like, just hoping the people I know and liked, like, was liking it, just because I know some yeah. people might hear that and be like, mm, I'm a bit much, yeah. uh, but everyone was absolutely loving it, and then they played Genes- uh, Genesis, no, yeah, yeah. is it Genesis? They have got some for Genesis. The opening track of Cross. Yeah. I, might, I feel like I've got the name wrong. But um, they played that, and I like I was so happy when I heard yeah. that first. Like, I talked about it in the in the um, the last episode that I, that I yeah. really wanted to hear the. Bah, 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 yeah, it was so good that that what moment bah, was. When when that came in, I was just in my element. That is exactly so what I needed. And we there was a few options but to see on the Sunday night, but. I that was absolutely was, the right it one. It was that and something else. Metronomy was one. Metronomy, that was it. And we decided to go with Justice. So people that listened last week will now know that we made the right yeah. decision. And they had the really cool, like, um, they had this huge lighting rig that was sort of moving yeah. above them. And for about half the set, <laughs> I, I, I think I said to you and Jack, I was like, I keep seeing it somewhere different, but I never see it move. It's <laughs> yeah. just somehow rearranged above them, and I've got no idea when that happened. But it was this crazy sort of like Tetris thing. Yeah. It had these sort of square blocks of lighting that like were just a... kind of going up and down and spinning, going all yeah. over the place. And it was like I couldn't, I couldn't keep track of where it was going or when it was, it was like going. But I... four Jenga blocks, yeah. like in like kind of intertwined. Yeah. But then you just you'd suddenly clock that it had moved and gone to this completely different yeah. mood and then on it would the stage. Be right, like, right above them yeah. or completely behind them oh, in like awesome. a different shape. It was 
brilliant. And they were so, like, the two guys were just, like, standing there still, yeah. just kind of, not even facing the crowd, just facing uh, to the side, like, with yeah. their side, the side of their body facing the yeah. crowd. They played, like, half the set, and then they decided to turn around and wave yeah. and, like, kind of oh, it was, it blow was, kisses and it things. It was so sick. It was so, so good. And, again, it speaks of that um, that variety we were talking about of Glastonbury, like, like nothing else I saw all weekend, but yeah, absolutely the best of that kind of thing that you could possibly hope to see. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, uh, I I would say after you know the Friday night that I spoke about and how much I loved it, I think the Justice set was my next favorite thing of the entire weekend. I mm. I was just blissed out the entire way. It was just perfect. Uh, and from there, we tried to leg it across to Beats Hotel. Yeah. To yeah. see uh, Jamie XX play a DJ set, which we sort of got into, uh, three of us. We kind of got into, we, well, I, I would say we didn't get into it, and then suddenly halfway through we, we were in it, because the queue became it. Yeah. The queue basically became... Yeah, we were only we were a matter of yards outside, yeah. and you could hear all the music, and it was great. It was um, saw the lead singer of Bastille. Yeah, he I mean, off his fucking yeah. nut. But um, weren't we all a Bastille? Yeah, uh, bless him. Uh, <laughs> Dave, but, I don't know his name. Yeah, we went there, and that was really good. Really good set. I liked again. It sort of uh, harked back a little bit Saturday night because. Uh, there was a lot of kind of soul samples coming up through the mix, yeah. which for me really hit a great note. I was note. in a bit of a bad mood because I had a, a little bit of a stomachache. Yeah, you were a bit of a grump. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I'll tell you for why, probably off mic. Uh, I, had a, I had a very bad stomach. Um, <laughs> I don't need to know. Uh, basically... And then the kind of music was, and I got into it, and then I thought, yeah, this is actually pretty decent. Then we had a bit more room, yeah. and things were fine. And then I think there was some point where I was like, oh, I need to go out because I am in serious agony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Jamie XX, great DJ set. So we kind of then don't, like, there's not much I would have changed about that moment, except for the fact that I would have left five minutes later purely because I remember we'd. As you say, we had got quite a good position where we had a bit of space to dance, we were enjoying the music, and as we started leaving, it was just after Jamie had finished his set, and whoever came on next, their first track was Gosh, the Jamie XX track, which yeah. we've played previously on the podcast. I absolutely love. I really, really, really wish I'd just stay for that one more song, listen to Gosh, and then gone. That would have been brilliant from my point of view but uh, you know in the grand scheme of things not a huge loss um but then uh, then you know one of the more interesting moments of the weekend occurred ah uh, yes so have you found out what's happened since yeah i've, I've i can update you and Good. the listeners so the aforementioned our lovely friend kaz um she's not got the best eyesight uh, which is something that runs through our group, myself <laughs> and yourself, both blind as bats as well. <laughs> We're in absolute state, the lot of us. Um, but uh, she wears contact lenses, and I think she said uh, they were like hurting her. She didn't want to wear them couldn't, anymore. Couldn't cool. leave them in for like longer. Or yeah, something. for whatever reason it was. So we kind of <laughs> once we got out of the crowd, 
we had kind of uh, convened, bunched up, and Kaz said, oh, I'm just going to take my contact lenses out quickly. Uh, fine. Disposables, so they were gone. They were history. Took them out. Reached into her bag to get her glasses because she very much needed them. Nowhere to be seen. Gone. The glasses were goners. El Gono. They were gone belong. Uh, Is that song belong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Someone got it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no glasses to be seen, basically. So uh, that rendered Kaz just blind for the night. Like, literally quite blind. Yeah. Um, so she had to be, like, guided back. And from Beats Hotel down to our tent is quite a trek. Um, yeah, didn't we all link arms? Yeah, we did, home? like, a three-person arm link. Yeah. Um, it was lovely. Uh, it was lovely. And then we got back to the tent and... I personally, we got back and I felt a little bit sad because I thought, I looked at you, then I looked at Jack, then I looked at Hannah, then I looked at Shiv, and then I looked at Kaz, and I thought, none of these are going to want to go out again. I thought, Glastonbury's just finished prematurely. Well, I could see people sort of streaming around still. They're all heading off to Shangri-La, and I was thinking like, my Glastonbury ends here, or I go solo. I do have an excuse. I'm. I'm. No can one I, needs can to. Can I tell you yeah. this though? Yeah. Basically, I was in searing pain. Yeah. You had you to had... the point where I was going to shit myself. <laughs> so I went to bed, and I've told nobody this apart from Jake Trammer. Oh no. <laughs> do, do you want to put this on the podcast? You can tell me afterwards. No one needs to know. I, I don't have to say it, but okay. basically, yeah. I had a very good reason to not stay. I didn't shit myself, okay? I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. Yeah. Oh, no, my badge fell off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you don't need to disclose. But basically, I looked around the circle and I thought, no one's going to come out, so it ends here. And then Kaz was like, is anyone going back out? And I was like, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Blind as a bat, still ready. Yeah. So, uh, and that is why... <clears throat> Of all the wonderful musicians we saw over the weekend, all the fantastic people we met over the weekend, Kaz is my ultimate Glastonbury hero because to soldier on and to go out on Sunday night blind as a bat and like to be guided by me through Shangri-La and through everywhere else. Unbelievable longevity. What a hero. And... uh I couldn't have wished for a better person to go out with on that final night. We had a brilliant time. We went, we did Shangri-La until it closed and then we went somewhere else and then that closed and then we kind of literally, we got the app out and just searched for the last place possible to go and just like keep the night going. Don't let Glastonbury finish. And we ended up again back where we started at the silent disco it was the last thing to finish, and we were there till seven o'clock uh, on Monday morning, watching people leave. Everyone's streaming off to their cars. We saw another Glastonbury hero, a guy who I just adored him. As we were walking towards uh, the silent disco, there was this guy. He had like tiny, tiny little silver plastic Sunday sunglasses on. Sunday glasses. <laughs> My glasses for Sundays. <laughs> but they were like children's plastic sunglasses, like so tight to his face and like so in his eyes. 
and like a bucket hat on and like a little parka and like tracky bottoms and trainers on. And he was just like pumping his hands around all over the place, clearly listening to like the dance channel on the headphones. But he was miles away from the tent. He was just out in the field, rogue on his own, but with his silent disco headphones on. And as we walked towards it, he was like, you're coming in. And I was like, yeah, I think so. Is it good? And he was like, best thing I've ever done. Just, <laughs> just dancing away on his own. And I just like, we went in and we were there for like two hours, maybe a little bit more. And I was like, what? I was just watching and thinking, I love this guy so much. Like, he is brilliant. And then, like, he disappeared for a bit. And I was so sad to see the back of him. He was just like, oh, he was, he was Glastonbury. Glastonbury has left now. And he'd gone for about half an hour. And then I just saw him kind of circling back from miles away, just making this beeline back for it. And I could see, like, the glowing LEDs off his ears. So he still had the headphones on. And his arms were still going, just, like, pumping away to his dance music. And when he got back, I realised he had, like, a slush puppy in one hand and an ice lolly in the other. (laughs) (laughs) At, like, half six on Monday, still dancing to the dance music, just pumping away. It's like, And I was like, you have just embodied everything that is brilliant about Glastonbury. And we stood there and we danced to loads of cheesy stuff, me and Kaz. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful moment. I remember particularly, because it's like a sort of tent, but it's got like no sides where Mm. the silent disco is. And there was one moment about quarter to seven, I remember uh, Toto Africa coming on and going and standing at the back of the tent and just sort of looking at the hills just sort of swaying from side to side in this really surreal moment. Uh, and yeah, just kind of clinging on to every last ounce of Glastonbury. Um, and we stayed there till the very bitter end, until the last song played on the last channel at the last stage of Glastonbury 2017. And then we made our way back. And that was kind of it. Yeah, It was beautiful and perfect. I think the only regrets I ever have of Glastonbury are not staying up for 24 hours for each day. Like, I know you physically can't do it, and when I did do it, I went physically insane, or mentally insane, but it's, you really want to get every single little drop from the festival, don't you? Yeah. And I guess maybe come when you've done it a third year, there might be times when you want to hold back a bit and stuff I'm not sure whether I'm not I don't know if you're the kind of person that does do that. <laughs> I don't think that's me you'd rather be fucking awful for the next four days than I chill just, out a bit I, but I do think there are times when I would yeah. I mean bar the last day because I physically couldn't there are times when I think I would like to really be <clears throat> I really go completely all out I think and yeah. be nap like get an hour's sleep and then do it all again and that I think I went I mean, people certainly went further than I did, but oh, I definitely I did. There's people that didn't sleep for yeah, five days, but I I I feel very satisfied in that. I don't think I could have gone much harder without really not ending it in any fit state to live. Mm. But I, I'm I always, lived every moment of I it, think, and it was. Yeah, it was... My first year kind of fucked me up a bit in that yeah, I, you had a I've hard always time. tried to be quite safe. Yeah, This year, I, I went I went in a little bit harder than the last one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's something you got to gauge. But either way, let's not dwell on that because ultimately, whether, it's fucking good, whether you slept 
over the weekend for 45 hours or 45 minutes. What a beautiful, amazing, incredible experience that we've all been so fortunate to be part of. I honestly, I'm just so grateful. I'm so sad that it's over and I would give anything to do I feel it very all over again. To get tickets but yeah, I'm just so for, feel so fortunate and so grateful to have been there. It is the best place certainly I've ever been and I just think the best place on earth it's the best festival in the world um, oh 100% it's, it's the best festival yeah. in the world it's, it's right on I know there's step. many I haven't been yeah. to I mean there's loads I haven't been to but I just know that it's just so full of variety it's, it's everything it's everything when like I know I've said in the past there's, there's almost too much yeah and it's not true it's just there's just so there's so many people to cater for and it caters for every single person it's heaven on earth. And I tell you what, listeners, it's been a long old two episodes, this. So I think we should really wrap it up. Because um, I am tired as the I feel I feel like it's Sunday night at Glastonbury all over again. I'm knackered. Um, but I could not, with good conscience, finish this episode by doing anything other than first thanking... Uh, the organisers of Glastonbury Festival, what wonderful people they are and what an incredible thing they've built from the ground up, literally an inspiration and heroes to yeah. us. Um, and so many years just improving yeah. and improving and improving the amount of work that goes yeah. into it. It's it's a, a haven and we said it last year and I'm going to say it again this year, there is continued speculation that sadly... Michael Evis may or may not continue to be involved in the organisation of Glastonbury and if and when he decides to hang up his wellies it will be uh, a really terrible day for the world because he what he's done is just uh, unprecedented and uh, continues to be an incredible achievement and we love you Mike and we love the rest of your family for what you do and what you allow us to come and be part of. I'm also going to thank everyone who worked at the festival, who I was makes say, it. One of the biggest things that I think people might forget is the amount of volunteers yeah. and the amount of people that just work yeah. solidly throughout the five days. You guys all make it what it is. Um, we couldn't all go so there as I punters. I became more. Um, it became more evident to me those kind of people walking around and you'd yeah. see security and you'd see people and the brilliant thing offering their services and just all kinds of things and there's also a beautiful thing about it that um, they're kind of in other situations you you have you know whatever it is security staff or other people and they feel kind of separate from the general festival goers but a number of times over the weekend certainly before Billy Bragg I had a really really long conversation with three of the security people you're all kind of the same, you know, so people who might be doing working a little bit of a shift and then heading out into the festival, you're all in the same boat and you're all just kind of chatting away and enjoying it together. And even when they're working, these are people with beautiful attitudes and beautiful, uh, doing a beautiful thing for the festival and making it what it is, you know. So, thank you to all you, you, um, yeah, without you, we wouldn't have the great kind time. Of the, the silent heroes for me, yeah, completely. Um, after that, the not-so-silent heroes. Uh, thank you to all the artists who turn up. Um, yeah. You know, it is a music festival, ultimately. And and they always really put their all in. Yeah. That 
I've never seen anyone at Glastonbury who I didn't think, wow, they were really on top form and uh, raising their game and giving us everything. Next, I'm going to say thank you to our fellow festival goers. It's very rare that you can get whatever it is, 150,000, 200,000, whatever. 175, I think. People <clears throat> in one place and there'd just be... N- no real friction between anyone. Everyone is just lovely, yeah, and loving, and and it's it's the kind of place where if there is something that something like that, it's such a minority yeah. and it, uh, like a real minority. Yeah. Um, but I, I was I didn't know you were going to thank them, and I I wanted to say that myself. Yeah. Just the the pe- one of my favorite things about going to these places is just the amount of random conversations you have yeah. with these random people, and you can. Sometimes people feel like they're that you, they are mate from a long time ago, and like yeah. everyone just completely opens up. Yeah, and as yeah, exactly. And as someone who you know, sometimes in those kind of big crowd situations, I can feel a bit nervous or a bit yeah, uncomfortable, too. and all those things. You are fellow festival goers. You make me feel safe and happy and comfortable to uh, be myself and enjoy it to its fullest. And that is an absolute credit to you, and I can only thank you guys, every single last one of you, uh, for allowing me to have those uh, those days where I feel in that place. Next, and probably most importantly from our point of view, I want to thank Jack Williams. I want to thank Hannah Brickley. I want to thank Shiv Harwood. And I want to thank Kaz Gander. And I want to thank you, Harry Williams. I want to thank our little gang because, um, as you all know, you listened to last year's episode. Last year's Glastonbury was one of the best experiences of my life. This year, for me personally, completely topped it. The little crew we took down there was a dream. The new recruits for me made it just even more perfect. Uh, I loved. It was good to see like um, <clears throat> Shiv like experiencing her first festival and stuff as well. Her first Glastonbury festival. Yeah. Somebody I know who really goes at it hard as well. Yeah. Like I know that Glastonbury was her. Thing. It's beautiful, and you know to see, yeah, exactly that to see Glastonbury through the eyes of someone you love who is seeing it for the first time. It adds another layer to it. Absolutely. And as you I couldn't ask for a better group. I'm starting to get just even more sad that it's all over the more I think about how grateful I am for the whole experience. So I think really... I felt okay, and now we've talked about it for so long. Yeah. It's one of them things we, we, we like, right, which we do an hour-long episode, but then it's... Yeah. And we thought we had nothing to talk about. I know. We saw so much. Yeah. We did so much. We saw. We spoke to so many people. Yeah. There was yeah. so many. I would also actually like to thank uh, Elliot and Mark. Oh, yeah, and of course. As well yeah. For... Yeah sharing some experiences with me that I that have made them better than I thought they could have been completely um yeah and they all of those people again that you've mentioned yeah just and that you know and you say Tim thank you cheers mate and you uh you know that is another thing you know those those friendships that really solidify in that environment it's a beautiful thing uh to old friends to new friends to borrowed friends and to blue friends (laughs) Uh, and to you our listeners for tuning in and listening to us ramble on potentially about a festival that you weren't at for (laughs) about nine hours Uh, (laughs) if you've made it here and you weren't at Glastonbury hats off to you you deserve a medal Uh, incredible work 
like email me and I will send you a uh, paper mail at the least. I'll cut you something yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to take it out with a song by a band who we uh, we spoke about earlier and we didn't actually go and see. But they were one of the secret acts, so I suppose one of the big billings of this year's Glastonbury Festival. Uh, but most importantly, the words in the chorus kind of speak to what our Glastonbury experiences are in that one day like that a year would probably do us all right. And five is even better. Mm. we got five great ones this year and sadly we won't get five next year no, but the following good. year we're going to have a million of them. Uh, if we even go. Shh, <laughs> we're going forever. <laughs> um, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Glastonbury. Thank you, everyone. I've been Tim. I have been Harry. This has been Trax, and we'll see you next week. We love you. We love you very dearly. Bye-bye.